Welcome to season four of the Fancy Free Podcast. I hope you guys had an awesome holiday and happy new year. If you're new to the Fancy Free Podcast, I'm Joanne Jarrett and I'm your host. On Fancy Free, we tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. Today's episode is our date compilation episode. Each guest that I interview gets asked if they have a funny or crazy or awful first date story or really any interesting date story. And these are all the answers compiled from the end of season three and a few sneak peeks from season four guests. We have eight people from season three, and then we have four people who are upcoming in season four that you'll just get a little bit of a preview taste from today. So I think you're really going to love it. First, we're going to hear from Tina Dirana, who is a high school social worker and weight loss coach. And Tina is from episode number 68, where she told us a story about a Marilyn Monroe street great moment that she had and also her horrible childhood nickname. But this is what she has to tell us about her worst date. I had been divorced for a little while and I started the whole dating apps. I was on match.com and I had met this guy and he was an attorney for the Department of Social Services in another county. I used to be a caseworker. So I was like, oh, okay, like I know all about his job. Like, this is great. I'm excited, really excited for the date. Prior to that, we had talked quite a bit. But I was also very new to dating and didn't realize, you know, like, you should FaceTime people beforehand yeah. or like talk on the phone a little bit beforehand. So all of the talking had been through text or something? Yeah, all through text. And okay. this was one of like the first dates in a line of many first dates. But uh, it's the one that stuck out the most. And I just remember being like, hey, like, why don't we call each other and chat a little bit? And he's like, I'm not really a phone person. I'm like, you know, that should have been red flag number one. So we meet up at one of my local bars. The bartenders knew me because that was like my first date place. So they, (laughs) they also realized she's on all of her 50 first dates over here. (laughs) That's actually a really good idea. If you can do all of your first dates in the same place where there's some sweet bartenders who can kind of look out for you, that's a great idea. Yes. These are things that I I never thought of in the beginning of dating. And I was with my ex-husband from the time I was like 19 to 30. So I didn't really ever date. So we go to like a little private area in the bar. I have a glass of wine. He had a drink. And we start getting into a conversation and automatically I'm like, all right, he's a little, he's a little weird and I'm okay with weird and quirky, but we started to get into this deep conversation about religion and, and I'm like, let's just agree to disagree on this one. He was like, oh no. And so he had to pull out the phone and start Googling things to prove he was right. And then he quoted Wikipedia. And I was just like, listen, man, I'm I'm not going to get into this conversation with you. It was like a, a specific religious group that I grew up around in Woodbury Commons area. And so I kind of like changed the subject. But then after that, he also was questioning if I was really 
32. He thought that I was maybe not as old as I was saying I was and demanded to see my license. What? Oh my gosh. You're yes. like, uh, I'm a social worker at a high school who always gets accused of being one of the kids in the hallway. This is my curse. Yes. So at that point, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do I just stand up and leave? I can't really leave because I've also, which is like a first a first date no-no. Do not have more than one glass of wine in case you oh, need an escape. How are you going to get out of there? Yeah, yeah I, I had two glasses of wine and I was just like, listen... Uh, fine. I'll, I'll show you my license. I pulled it out. I covered my address because I was just like, mm, you know, freaked girl. out about that. And I was like, see, I'm born in 85 and put my license back away. You're like, I am so flattered slash weirded out by you. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. And then after that, I remember him also saying that something about his wallet was what had gone missing earlier. Oh, and yeah, he wanted and you to pay. N- well, he was like, thank goodness I found my wallet so I could pay for this. And I found my checkbook. I have to get going soon because I need to order my lunch for tomorrow. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I don't cook. So I eat out at every meal. And I was like, you don't cook? And he's like, no, I don't know how. And I was like, you don't know how to cook? What about pasta? And he was like, no, how would I make pasta? And I was like, you, like, you know, you turn on your stove, you put some water in there, you boil the water, you put the pasta in. And he just looked at me and he was like, no, I have to go get my Chinese for tomorrow. And I was like, okay, <laughs> have a wonderful day self-screener oh good lord that's a terrible first date he was a very attractive man I think he was on the autism spectrum Mm -hmm. and just didn't know how to communicate and Mm -hmm. definitely very rigid ugh I'm so sorry you you went through so many of those that you just decided you know what I'm good I'm single for now it's fine Yeah, I know who I am. And I know what I want in someone. And maybe I'll find that somewhere down the line. But maybe I won't. And I'm just okay with my fabulous life as it is. Would I absolutely love to find a life partner who absolutely loves doing everything else that I do and that I'm into? Yes, but it would take an amazing man, somebody who's adventurous, can handle who knows what how old my daughter will be at that time, but they need to have a lot of patience and love for others. And they also have to be culturally accepting because my whole family is uh, very diverse and loving of all. If you're out there, give me a holler. (laughs) She is not pining away for you, but if you happen to fit the bill, let us know. (laughs) Yes. Next, you'll be hearing from Mary Turner Thompson from episode 64. Mary is an international bestselling author and speaker. And in episode 64, she told us about how she found out that her husband was a bigamist, a con man, and a psychopath. You guys, it's fascinating. If you haven't heard that story, you've got to go back and listen to episode 64. But here is Mary on a terrible date that actually was not the man she ended up marrying. When I was first doing the online dating, I met a guy who I describe in the book as a, a mad axe murderer, <gasps> which is so funny because, you know, what I went to afterwards. 
<laughs> well, at least you're still alive. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, very much so. I met this guy. We went to the comedy club as the, the date and, and it kept going on about the ex-wife and, and how awful she was. Not like I don't go on about my ex and how awful he was, but um, yeah, just just awful, awful. You know? And then I said, so you got any children? He said, yeah, I've got a daughter. And then he said, she looks like her mother, unfortunately. And I thought, ooh, that was all he did. But I describe him as the mad axe murderer because that was just so creepy. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of a window into his dark, creepy soul right there. Yes, yes. I thought if that's the way you could describe your own child, then I'm out of here. (laughs) Uh Yeah, goodbye. Alrighty, we're going to hear next from broadcaster Stacy Sims, who has a story on episode 65 about having a son with type 1 diabetes and a funny story from her early news anchor days. The first date story I tell isn't actually our first date. It's more of like the first time that we as friends, and this is about my husband, kind of realized, hey, there might be something else here. So we met at that TV station and he was a director and then he was the operations manager for a while. When, so embarrassing to think about this, but a lot of these <laughs> local TV stations do parades. Well, they'll be in a parade, right? They're in the Thanksgiving parade okay. or they're in the St. Patrick's Day parade, which is what we were in. And we were in a car together and literally, you I mean, I'm a local TV anchor. I'm 22 years old and I'm waving like, hello. I'm a beauty queen. You know, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but it was it. fun. We had such a good but time. But you were kind of a local celebrity, really, honestly. Yes, exactly. Except in this town, which was so much fun, you used to run to people in the grocery store and they would say things like, oh, you're the new girl. Look, you're not very good right now, but you will be soon. And then you'll, and then you'll <laughs> oh, no. leave. They would say that to you all the time. And then you'll go to Syracuse and you go to a different city. And they oh, were right. Like everybody came Funny. to this little city to get better. And then they would go work somewhere else. That's great. So we were in this parade and we had such a good time talking and just getting to know each other better. We, we had been friends for a while just from the station. And then as St. Patrick's Day was there, there was always another party. Then people met up for dinner and then people went out to, there was a casino not too far. And as the day went on, there were fewer and fewer people. And finally, at the end, at the casino, it was kind of just me and him. And he said, hey, do you want to go get some breakfast? It was like two in the morning. And we went out to an all-night diner and had breakfast. And he drove me home. And that's when he said, hey, do you want to go on a real date? And asked me out on a real date. And that was that. That's the last first date I was ever on. Oh, and it started on a, in a parade with you yeah. waving like a Disney princess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it all comes back to Disney. Next, we are hearing from Stephanie Hall, who's an Enneagram coach and podcaster. In episode 72, she told us some embarrassing stories from her younger years that involve feminine hygiene products, wardrobe malfunctions, and a Whitney Houston moment. (laughs) And to top those off, here's an embarrassing high school dating story. When I was in high school, it was like, this was like a couple years after Napoleon Dynamite came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you ever, do you know what Napoleon Dynamite is? I love Napoleon Dynamite. In fact, just last <laughs> night in my house, somebody said, eat your supper, teeny fat lard or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We're huge fans. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So when I was a freshman in high school, in Texas, they do this thing for homecoming where you have a mum. So it's like this massive silk flower and then it has all these ribbons dangling down. 
any listener, if you haven't heard of this, look up Homecoming Mums in Texas. It is wild. It will blow your mind if you've not seen it before. This is a fresh new concept to me. I'm Googling it now. Keep talking. So the girls wear mums that, well, traditionally they started like being pinned on your jacket. It was a chrysanthemum. But now it's like this massive thing and you have to wear like a strap around your neck because it's so freaking heavy. Like it's just... <laughs> Massive. Oh my goodness. I see that. There's one on sale on Etsy for $125 and it basically looks like a dress. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then the guys will wear one around their arm. So it's like a, a garter band thing and they wear it around their arm. So anyway, mm. homecoming is a big deal because if you get a mom or not and all this stuff and you really want to go with a football player because then you have all the football stuff on your mom. So this guy was a football player and I didn't want to go with him because we were just friends. But then he like drew me a Napoleon Dynamite style portrait of me with like the shading <laughs> on the upper lip and everything. And I was like, oh God. Okay. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll, I guess I'll go with you. And we were friends. Like I liked him, whatever. But we went to my house and my dad First, started out by showing him the Evangicube. I don't know if people have heard of that. It's like this evangelization tool, I guess. Evangicube? Now I got to Google yeah. that. How did I get to 47 years old and never hear of these things? Most most dads are sitting there with like their, their shotgun out or whatever. But my dad is uh-huh. like, here's my Evangicube. <laughs> so they talked about that. And then my dad threatened him. It was like, look, but don't touch. <laughs> Like type of thing. And I was like, okay, we're friends. It was like not like a date date, but all the photos, he looks petrified and is standing like (laughs) 18 inches away from me. He's like, I'm not touching, I swear. Look, see? I know. I'm like, oh my God, this poor guy. There's room for Jesus in between. (laughs) So it was just so awkward. And uh, we went to the homecoming dance and everything. And that just made it extremely awkward, I think. Because he took that to heart, it sounds like. He's yeah, like, I cannot really touch did. you. Like, I don't know how we're going to dance with each other because air dancing, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then another weird first date in high school, we went to see Knocked Up, the movie. Like I was 16, 17, whatever. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> like, I was so uncomfortable. Oh, because here's why. Because there's the birth, whole birth, like labor and delivery thing. Oh my gosh, you're sitting next to a teenage "Ah!" boy you're on a first date with. This is so awkward and comfortable. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that was pretty awkward too. From episode 69, we have Catherine Gunlock. And you'll remember that Catherine is a photographer and a University of Montana student. And in episode 69, she tells us about a very public slip and slide debacle a rookie mistake on her first ever photo shoot, and a runway wardrobe malfunction when she was modeling. But here's what Catherine has to say about dating. I had the hugest crush on this senior in high school, and I was probably a sophomore, and he was just so handsome. So one day he asked me to a professional basketball game. I lived down in Colorado at the time. So we go up and it's the Nuggets versus the Celtics, and we end up getting eighth row seats, and I'm just so excited. And right before the game starts, they turn on the kiss cam and they put us on the kiss cam. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to get to kiss him. So I look over at him. I'm just like, hi. And he's like, um, so here's the thing. I have a really big crush on your sister. Oh, and- what? 
And that's why I invited you, so I can get some intel on her. So, <gasps> dreams absolutely crushed. It did not work out at all. Gosh. It's been years, and every time I see him to this day, he's like, hey, how's your sister? Is she single yet? What a jerk. Ah, So, and they got that whole awkward moment on the kiss cam. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's a character building moment right there. Sometimes I just don't know what to say to my kids other than that right there is character building. You're going to be better for it somehow. I think I just awkwardly laughed in the moment. I didn't know how to react to it. So I just laughed it off. Here's what I really want to know. Did you end up giving him any intel on your sister or were you like, sorry, dude, that's not the way we play? Well, I tried that. I was like, hey, my sister has a pretty serious boyfriend. And after that relationship, she got into another she actually just got engaged last month so i hate to break it to this guy but i think he lost his chance it is not gonna happen (laughs) it is not going to happen but we still had a great time we enjoyed the rest of the game and ended up winning so it was it was a good night well in a way it kind of takes the pressure off right because dates even if you're really excited about him and and you really like the guy they're sort of nerve-wracking so probably after that point you're like all right i'm just gonna relax and have fun yeah i figured i'm almost into my mid-20s I should have dating down by now. Nope. I still get so flustered every time I always end up spilling something on myself or tripping. (laughs) That's one of the fun things that I like about your Instagram feed is the story highlights. I forget what you call it. Not even or nope or something. And it was all these awkward like texts. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell no. (laughs) All these awful, awkward texts from guys. And oh, my gosh, it's so cute. (laughs) I get some of the strangest messages. I swear. I think it would be really, really crazy to date with, you know, the internet in play. I think it's complicated enough, you know, without that, but it adds just this really interesting layer of connectivity, but then also removal, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's, it's very strange. I feel at this point, I try to avoid anyone that I meet on the internet, which is strange because I meet a lot of my best friends through Instagram, but Mm -hmm. any of the potential date prospects. Heck no. I'd rather meet someone in person. I think the biggest issue I have with it is I, in person, am a very funny, outgoing, sarcastic person. But if you know me over messaging, I always have very proper grammar. Always (laughs) have periods. I don't use exclamation marks. So when I'm messaging someone, they're like, why is this person being so serious? (laughs) Are you mad at me? No, I swear I'm not. This was meant to be a very funny friendly message. I did not mean to be mean. I'm so sorry. Oh, so it's just hard to translate your personality into online mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, definitely things can be easily taken out of context when there's no vocal inflection or facial expression. Exactly. Next is Tony Dupree from episode 75. Tony is an etiquette and style coach. And on episode 75, she shared with us some funny flubs that prove that even an etiquette coach isn't perfect. And here is Tony about one of her very worst dates. I have an issue with bad table manners. It's like if you're fighting your food kind of thing. <laughs> I just remember I went on a date to dinner and, and it was a place that I really love because I love seafood and I can't be turned off by somebody's bad table manners. 
That's the mm-hmm. thing. And I was so mad that the guy had his hands on the table and he was eating like, you know, first of all, he was in a race. And then second of all, like he was scared I was going to grab something. <laughs> and the table looked a mess. I winded up getting my food to go. I mean, hey, you got to preserve a good meal, okay? It was bad. Though. You're like, I'm out of here and I'm taking this delicious food with me so I can enjoy it. Peace. Right. <laughs> he was a distraction. <laughs> And it just turned me completely off. I talk about that because your your dining etiquette is about the other person. Mm-hmm. Because you can really screw up a dining experience for the other people at the table. That is so, so true. It's such a good point. And I think some people in their nature have more focus on how they are affecting other people's environments. And some people are much more sort of self-focused. And so, But everybody can learn, right? One time I was taking a cooking class and it was at this really cute little cooking place in Reno, a little, you'd you'd go, you'd cook the food, then you'd sit and you'd eat a meal with the people that you cooked it with. And it was really fun. It was a dessert class and we made many things, but one of them was a mousse. And this girl, I would say she was maybe about 18 or 19. She was there with her mother. They were taking this class together. While we're eating our meal, then the gal that owned the place would give a little talk, a little lecture. So we're eating, but we're not talking with each other. We're all focused on this gal. She ate her mousse out of the beautiful glass that it was served in by sticking her finger in the mousse and then licking it off her finger and sticking her finger back in the mousse and licking it off her finger. It was so distracting and so off-putting. It kind of ruined it for me because that's like a main thing I remember about taking that class, you know? And I thought, how can her mother sit there? I mean, if my kids did that, that I would put a stop to it in 1.2 seconds, you know? Right, right. My kids would never do that. (laughs) But, oh. And then you would probably, today, I think somebody would say something. Oh, I think so too. One of my problems is I think I put too much emphasis on tact. And sometimes it's hard for me to, if I can't think of a tactful way to speak truth, I just stay quiet. And I'm not proud of that. And I'm working on that. But I think that was one of those situations where I could have been like, would you please use your spoon? That's really distracting me. And probably would have, yeah, I don't know. See, but then if it had gotten her dander up and it was a whole situation that I would have felt worse, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, no. That guy, not only did he not get a second date, he didn't even get to complete his first date. And it was all because of his table manners. So you guys, if Mm -hmm. you are out there dating, you might want to brush up on your table manners. You don't want to miss out on a girl like Tony just because you're eating like an animal at the table. Yeah, just brush up a bit. Next, we have career coach Jane Ferre from episode 76 who in that episode told us some really interesting stories about working at Disney Paris and working abroad in Spain. But today we're going to get to find out how Jane met her husband. So the context is I worked for an airline. So I used to get on airplanes the way that other people get on buses or get on trains. And, you know, we would think nothing of going to, you know, Cape Town for the weekends. You know, we finish work on Friday, we go to the airport, night flight, wake up, you're in Cape Town, have a weekend, fly back on a Sunday, arrive at work on Monday, a bit tired, but you know, it's rock and roll. And I also had a friend who was 
a cabin crew member. So I used to very often go as his guest and he'd you know, bump me up into first class, which was very, very lovely. <laughs> we were kind of chatting and I said, you know, what have you got on your roster? I need a little trip. And he said, oh, I've got New York and whatever and, and Mauritius. And I was like, oh, I'm chatting with a guy online from Mauritius. These are the days when we used to use MSN Messenger. Do you remember MSN Messenger? <laughs> it tells you how long ago this is. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm chatting with a guy from Mauritius. Wouldn't it be fun? And this is, we used to do this all the time. Wouldn't it be fun if we met this guy? And, you know, not like in a romantic way, but, you know, my friend was coming with his boyfriend. And I said, you know, we'll get this guy to show us around. It'll be fun. I'll stay with you in your hotel, la, la, la. And then the day before we were due to go, I called my friend and I said, so what's the plan for tomorrow? Where are we meeting? Are we going to have coffee before? And he said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, we're going to Mauritius tomorrow. And he said, oh, no, I'm not going anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, I've had a roster change. And I was like, you are kidding me. I was like, I've told everyone I'm going. And, and now Mauritius is, you know, it's a 12-hour flight. It's not like hopping on a two-hour flight from London to Spain. It's 12 hours. It's a long way. And I'm suddenly thinking, I've got nowhere to stay now. I'm going to this island. I've got nowhere to stay. I'm going to meet a guy who I've never spoken with, just message. So... <sighs> I was like, I'm going to call this guy. So I called him and I just said, look, this is what happened. And he straight away just went, come anyway. So I was like, okay. So I did. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're so brave. <laughs> I know. I, do, I don't know if it's the, what do they call it? The the misfortune of youth or the, the inexperience uh-huh. of youth. But they, it was almost like, oh, I'm just going to go. But we used to just get on planes and go places. How adventuresome slash crazy slash dangerous of you. <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's interesting because um, all of my friends were like, right, give me this guy's number. Where are you going to mm-hmm. be? And he's, his family have got these beach villa things. So it was low season. So it's like, oh, don't worry about that. We'll get you a villa, blah, blah, blah. Oh, pandy. Then he said, oh, um, here's my dad's phone number just in case. I have an accident on the way to the airport. Here's my aunt's <laughs> number, just in oh, case. Here's so this. Here's all these phone numbers. So I was sending all those to my friends. I didn't really think about it until I was on the plane and we were taxiing down the runway. And I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? What, what if this guy's awful? <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way, it's kind of like, I don't care. It was more about the adventure. So it's oh, like... okay. So as long as he doesn't murder you, it'll be worth the adventure. Exactly. But if he murders me, at least I've died doing something interesting. That's why, <laughs> you know. So it's like it's like okay, we could go, and this guy's an idiot, and okay, he's an idiot. Um, I could go, and we get on well as friends, and that's fine. Or um, we go, and it's romantic, and that's fine as well. I was kind of not really that bothered either way. Mm-hmm. We just had a great time. And then long story short, I went back the following month and he was about to head to Perth. He'd signed up to be a full-time student, like a mature student. And he said to me in French, he goes, I want you to be ma femme. Now, ma femme means my woman or my wife. And I was like, well, which one do you mean? Oh, your woman or your hmm, wife? Girlfriend or wife do two yeah. totally different things. <laughs> yeah, it was the latter. <gasps> wow. I know it was a bit like crazy. So I said, yes. And then we went and bought a ring and blah, blah, blah. There we go. <laughs> That's my first date story engaged on the second. 
Okay, so when you got off the plane, when you first arrived there, was he there to pick you up? Yes, he was. And had you ever seen a picture of him or was his appearance a total surprise to you? No, I'd seen a picture. But the, the strange thing is you walk out of the airport in Mauritius and you're in there's kind of all of the car hire places. And then you go outside the airport because it's always sunshiny. You go outside the airport and there's just this mass of people. And it was so strange. I just saw this guy wave and he just caught my eye and I knew it was him. So it was it was really one of those funny kind of moments. Amazing. Ah, so tell me what I'm just really nosy and curious about this kind of stuff. So <laughs> I want to know more. I want So did you guys play it cool for a while or did things happen really rapidly? I mean, obviously you were engaged the second time you got together. So it obviously happened rapidly. But did you know right away this guy was meant for you or... I mean, did he take you to dinner? Just give me some give me some more details about how this went yeah, down. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really weird because we'd go out for the days and we we, we kind of did sort of take it really slowly. It wasn't until like the last day where we had like in the UK you'd call it a snog, where we'd have like <laughs> you know like a kiss and exchange uh-huh. any kind of bodily fluids because like, <laughs> uh-huh. it was kind of like yeah three days, but it's just kind of romantic. So you could just like sit on a beach mm-hmm. and watch the sunset, and then we'd yeah. go out for dinner and yeah, it was you know and he go home every night but his dad's house and, and stuff and like that and you'd been dis- you'd been chatting online so you you knew a lot yeah. about each other just, that's yeah. awesome how exciting oh yeah. well thank you for sharing that with me i love um, it i love it i love it i love it <laughs> how long have you been with your husband so we'll be married for 10 years uh 10 years this year in october and we've been together for 2 years before that so it was 2008 when we met Next, we have Katie Ponsford from episode 80. You might remember she's an urgent care physician's assistant and sewist. And in episode 80, she told us all about the mischievous and hilarious underwear she sews for her husband. So much fun. She also tells us about a very public spill, a parenting win slash fail, and a couple of awkward moments with patients. It's, It's awesome. Here is Katie's dating story for you. This is ridiculous because it's my friend Mitch, who's my husband's best friend, we were living in New York City. My husband and I lived there for 10 years. That's where I went to PA school and he got his doctorate there. And when we would come back, we would always see our friends and people who were still living at home. And my friend Mitch was single at the time. And he was like, don't you have any friends you could hook me up with? And I got another one of our friends to set him up on a blind date with her friend. And so he was so excited. Like we were so excited. He was going to go to Red Robin, meet her there and all the stuff. And so we set it all up kind of third party, right? And uh, it was me. I was the date. And and he, uh, he walked in and my back was to like the door and he came around. He was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> he was so disappointed because he thought he was going to have an actual date, but it was oh, just no. <laughs> So you guys played a practical joke on Mitch. So he was so like irritated. It was just a totally practical joke. <laughs> I think it's setting him up on a date You're with tricky. me who's like already married to his best friend. <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. And the kicker was my husband hadn't traveled with me. I had gone home by myself and I was staying at my dad's house and my dad was like, why don't you guys come over here? And after dinner, so we, we went back to my house. We were watching a movie and then Mitch got food poisoning. So like five hours later, he started vomiting in my dad's bathroom. So we talk about this, like the worst date ever was with me. Like (laughs) (laughs) to add insult to injury. I know. I know. It's so funny. Oh my goodness. I love it. <laughs> so ridiculous. 
He's happily married now, so he, and he forgives me. So, <laughs> oh, good. Pretty sure. Okay, you guys, as promised, next I'm going to treat you to a little sneak peek of four of the guests that we have upcoming in the next couple of months, and I think you're going to love them all. The first one is Jennifer Hamilton, and she is an OBGYN labor and delivery nurse. I found her on TikTok, of all places. She's so funny. She has great labor and delivery stories, and then she has a whole bunch of funny personal stories, too. I don't know how I'm going to pack her episode into half an hour, but we'll see. Maybe it'll be spilled over into two. But make sure you return on January 18th for Jen's main episode. But here is her dating story. I really didn't date too much in high school. Like I really had to really like you to want it because boys were kind of scary. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went out with this guy. We went on a couple dates maybe, but he quickly showed me that he was a weirdo. And for, I think it was our second date, he took me to this park, which is nice, right? There's like a beautiful bridge over like a river. Okay, cool. Awesome. And we are going across it and he stops me in the middle and he just looks at me and I'm like, is, can I help you? And he said, this (laughs) is where we are going to look into each other's eyes for two minutes. I'm going to time us for uninterrupted eye contact for intimacy. And I was like. I gotta go. Goodbye. (laughs) I am like 16 years old and this is not Uh cool. So I'm just going to leave. I won't even do that with my husband. I'm like, I cannot. I cannot. It's too manufactured. I cannot. (laughs) Yeah. So my sister and my best friend, if they're wanting to be funny, they're like, let's stare into each other's eyes for two minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Next is Kirsten Lindquist. Come back on January 25th for her main episode. She is a mom of three and an author of multiple faith-based books. She's also a host at QVC, and she has some great broadcasting snafus to tell us about. But here is her dating story. This one is not mine, but I always tell it as the worst date ever known to man. Um, It is (laughs) my cousin who I'm very, very close with. And she used to live Mm. with us and she was living with us and she was doing match.com. And she goes out on this date and she's talking to this guy and he seems kind of off anyway. And he's, she works with me. So he's kind of like making fun of her job and things like that. And then he he goes, listen, and they're, and like, they're halfway. He's like, listen, I just have to tell you before we go any further. So know i kind of have this thing on my record um that i'm not allowed to be around kids and he's like huh and um he's like i want to hear that when you're on a date (laughs) (laughs) and he's like yeah it's ridiculous i was a teacher and there just happens to be this time and there's this boy in my class and I got accused of doing something bad with the boy in the class. So I have a child, child predator thing on my, on my record. Um, but it's, it's total BS and it doesn't mean anything. And but I had to let you know, and it's totally not true. And she's like, <sighs> he tried to fast forward the meeting of the meal, uh-huh. but like, Oh, so- I'm sure tired. I'm full too. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> The interesting part about that, it, it was the night, it was the, that date was the night before she met her husband. She had a date the next day, which was a day oh. date. Right. And so she comes home that night and the next, and the next morning, she's like, I am not going out. I'm done. I've had, 
all these names. This is the final straw. And we're like, you just go. It's during the day. This guy can't be any worse than the last guy. And lo and behold, <laughs> for sure. Husband, and they just had their first baby oh. a week ago. Oh, that's so nice. I love it. Oh, awesome. See, you have to kiss or at least share a meal with a lot of frogs before you (laughs) find your prince. And I would always tell that story. Like, it can't really get worse than that. I mean, really, there's not very many levels of worse than that. So holy, obviously met the worst of the worst. You're got to get better. You're you're due. You're due now for a great one. And it was true. It's totally true. (laughs) I love that. Next is Andrea Rosenbaum. And you guys, she is so interesting to me. You'll understand why. She also is a physician, although she practices full time. And she has a line of women's clothing that's just being developed and coming out called Haviva Mama. And she and I had such a fun conversation about getting a clothing line started, especially when you don't have design education and... I'm not sure she sleeps. But anyway, (laughs) come back February 8th to hear that whole episode. For now, here is Andrea's dating story. My now husband wanted to meet me at a bar for our first date. And um, the bar that he had chosen had burned down that morning. And so what? I was, <laughs> oh no! I, we were both living in Washington D.C. at the time, and so I took a bus to get there. And I, I get off the bus at the bus stop, and I just smell like charred, burning smell. And I oh look at the building gosh. that we were supposed to meet at, and it was completely burned down. You're and like, so, this might be a bad sign. <laughs> Or a really good story for the future. That thought did cross my mind, but I am not one to believe in bad omens. So I thought, you know what? <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll just talk this, this, this up as bad luck. <laughs> That's so interesting. So was he standing outside the bar? Was this pre-cell phone? No, this was not pre-cell phone. So I, I, I believe that he had texted me or called me about that time. I can't remember exactly what happened, but somehow we connected. He had gone to the bar next door and was waiting for me because I was running a little (laughs) bit late. I I don't know that I I saw the text that the location had changed until I got off the bus because I definitely remember that was a big surprise. It's like, Uh, oh my gosh, do I have the address right? This is crazy. (laughs) You obviously had a good time and you're married now. (laughs) Sure, yeah, we, it was, it was love at first sight. Well, it was love at second sight. The first night I met him, I wouldn't talk to him and I apparently was super rude. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're he, kidding. He but, persisted, though. He, brave he man, did. brave man. He, he did. Okay, I saved him for last, you guys. Brendan is our history-making very first male guest, and you will have the pleasure of his very embarrassing story on February 15th. But his dating story is pretty embarrassing, too, and he's awesome. You're going to love him. Brendan has a fascinating story about a saga that he experienced while cultures clashed and he was crossing the border between China and a neighboring country in order to take care of his visa while living in China working. But for now, you get to hear Brendan's crazy first date story. So apologies to Susie or uh, 
you know, as <laughs> as Julio Iglesias saying all the girls I loved before. Apologies to anyone who's thought of me in a romantic context because this was <laughs> not my finest hour. But yes, in Atlanta, I had a female roommate who was a great friend of mine. And she set me up with this friend of hers who would come around from time to time. And I could tell, like, kind of had a little thing for me. And I, it was kind of mutual. So we went out to a dinner at a great place. And I had this dish that I hadn't had before. And it was this pasta alfredo. It was like chicken carbonara, but like a really a swimming in a really uh, creamy sauce. That's the key thing to understand mm-hmm. here. Speaking of milk, I, I'm realizing that dairy products factor into my dairy worst stories. Dairy is a through line. <laughs> Dairy's a through line and a really interesting. I'm going to have to reexamine this off mic. Um, <laughs> there's a whole theme in my life I got to think about here because I hate milk. I drink almond milk. I don't drink cow milk normally. <laughs> and this restaurant was about half a mile from where we lived. But then this girl's apartment was around the corner. And so we have a great meal, having some drinks. And she's like, hey, you want to go back and have a drink at my place? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Bow, chicka, wow, 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 wow. You know, I thought this is going to be, uh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong, as the kids say. Uh, I was probably, I was probably in my late 20s, I think. I, 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 was, I was probably like 28, right, at this moment. So go back to her place and it's got the whole vibe just walking in the door it's like you know kind of the the musky candles and like the wall hanging it's just vibe for days in this mm-hmm. place and the vibe is we're going to put on some Donny Hathaway and turn the lights down it was like that kind of scene just <laughs> just before she lit a candle or anything so we get in there and she like gets out like another bottle of wine and it's clearly from the language, it's like, and we hadn't you know, kissed this girl or anything, you know, but clearly the vibe was, you know, I'm going to make a new special friend today. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just being honest here. And so right as I'm settling into my wine, my stomach starts to go. That's my gurgling to make a girl translate on the mic. It's kind of like gurgling and rumbling. And I'm thinking, okay, my house is half a mile away and I had walked up to the restaurant, which was a nice thing to do when you're not full of food and wine and, you know, this (laughs) creamy pasta dish. And then the nerves of, oh, this might become a thing. And how do I, you know, do I look fat? Yeah, I am fat. So Mm -hmm. I look fat. You know, it's it's pretty easy math to figure out. We are fat. So yeah, you look fat. And, you know, self-confidence is always a thing if you have this uh, mentality that I did. You start getting inside your own head. Oh, man, I was psyching myself out. And so the combination of all the things, and she was a bit intimidating, speaking of women who, because she was very strong (laughs) and successful. She, she, She was very cool. And I was glad to be friends with her. And unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you know, it's fine. I don't regret that we didn't become an item or something. But, you know, I kind of wish it ended better than it did. I'll, I'll say this in the in the least gross way possible. But basically, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, so there's a moment I'm sipping this wine and I kind of finish the glass and she refills it and she's downed hers and she's already on a second one at home. Not, not, not judging, not judging. But my point is, it, it's, you know, she's, you know, candles, music, vibe, lights. She's like ready to sort of like, okay, what's the next act in this play here? And I said, um, I may, can I use your restroom? And she's like, sure, you know. And so I go in the restroom and I think I came out about 40 minutes later. <laughs> Where's your plunger? <laughs> uh, well, I found it. I found it on my own. Thanks. It was there. I also found the Ajax and the scrubber brush and I found the matches because there was no air freshener. And I, I 
biblically destroyed this this girl's restaurant. I mean, I left it visually is cl- visually cleaner. I mean, like I cleaned her place was like spig and span because it was not pretty. And oh, no. the exhaust fan this this was this was probably like 1990. That would have been like 97, I guess. Uh, the, the exhaust fan is probably still running in her bathroom. Um, <laughs> uh, it was horrible. And so when I was in there, I was, uh, you, know, you know, sitting there having some some alone time to think. And so I'm about 10 minutes in and, you know, and the horror has has been as well underway. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, how am I going to face this girl? And this is like 10 minutes in, but I'm not done. And I and she's like, you know. She kind of came around about five minutes, like I like uh, like like tap tap tap. I like, are, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, it's be a few minutes. Okay, uh, oh okay. And then she comes back around around ten minutes later. Is like everything all right? <laughs> like way less. You're still there. There's no window. I mean, have you climbed through the window? Are you out of here? <laughs> there were no windows. This was an interior. It was trapped. There was no exhaust. There was an exhaust fan. There was no. No uh, window to help me out here. I would have. I would have gone out the window. It was a ground floor apartment. <laughs> I would have been out the window. Dang it! But um, you know, leave a note. I'm so sorry. I had to go. I'm Spider Man, <laughs> dude. I, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so the fun, friendly, flirty, sexy vibe was not present on the 10 minute check in. And about 15 minutes in, I heard. Um, some pretty aggressive rock and roll start on the stereo that was the uh, opposite yeah. of let's get it on kind of vibes. Yep. You know, Donny Hathaway time. kind of music went away and it was something more like some kind of hard rock thing. And so when I finally left, she just looked at me and she literally didn't say anything. She just looked at me like really cold. I mean, as if I had just like field stripped Gosh. her kitten in front of her and ate it for <laughs> breakfast on Christmas day. Just looked at me and I just said, I'm so sorry. It's, it's, uh, it's all clean. And she said, she just looked at me and she's kind of, she's nodding at me like, like, okay, okay. Like you can go now. <sighs> Have a heart. Bodily functions. Everyone has them. Have a heart. Oh and, my gosh. And self screener there. Yeah. Uh, and I thought she might drive me home. It was pretty late, but no, that was not, that offer was not forthcoming. And, uh, I, 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 that was the, that was the walk of shame. Unlike what it normally, normally it's like, eh, uh-huh. something yeah. have done, you know, judging myself a little bit. No, this was like, wow. You poor thing. If I had only known that one day I'd be telling this, uh, on a podcast <laughs> for thousands of people, but look, I share this because I mean, man, you know, I, I lived, it sucked. Now it's a funny story. I'm okay. Right. There's no emotional energy. We can laugh Susie's about it. Holding it against Susie's you. <laughs> the queen of the world, you know, for me. And yeah, no, it's God, God forbid. No, she, she, she knows I that it. I have a pretty embarrassing past in that regard. So, <laughs> so cute. Thank you so much for listening to the fancy free podcast today. I hope you got some laughs And I hope you realize that the dating world is a jungle, but we've all experienced craziness. It's not just you. And that special someone is out there for you, even if halfway around the globe. Make sure you return next week, January 11th, to hear from Jordana Quinn. Jordana is a fellow physician, and we had such a fun conversation and you are going to love her. You'll meet her next week. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. 
And why not join the Fancy Free Facebook group? It's our little private slice of the internet. We have so much fun over there. And we do a question of the week most weeks. And we will start that back up next week. And if you're a statistics junkie or if you're nosy and like to hear follow-up about things, join our newsletter. The Fancy Free Tribe newsletter comes to your inbox the third Wednesday of each month. I won't email you unless it's for that one monthly email. You can go to fancyfreepodcast.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of that first page and sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter always includes exclusive audio that only the newsletter subscribers will get to hear or early audio that they will get to hear ahead of podcast subscribers. I also give you interesting follow-up on past guests and statistics about which shows had the most downloads each month. Also, if I've been a guest on someone else's podcast, I'll pop that in there in case you're curious about that. And I'm hiding super fun little contest nuggets in the newsletters so that people who read them might have a happy surprise in their mailbox. In the like actual mailbox, a book that a previous guest has written or something like that. So I think it's definitely worth it to sign up. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look. <laughs>